Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we're Qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our websites guideemily.com and alexlacey.com for information about our upcoming walking tours and virtual tours as well as what the Blue Badge Guiding Qualification is all about hello hello you <laughs> how's tricks tricks are good tricks are tricks are hot and sweaty oh my god i'm just like sweating is my superpower anyway it's but a I'm brilliant just, superpower I'm, to have <laughs> i'm feeling like it's now my number one hobby <laughs> i'm not okay with it oh uh, but i'm not complaining i'm loving the heat you are a proper little sand lizard aren't you I am, and I'm very excited to hear that shortly you're going to be blowing up your paddling pool. Yes, the pool's coming out, everybody. The pool is coming out. I'm just, I'm, I'm a bit of a mermaid, and I like to be in water all the time. So I'm just yeah, melting and going. Ah, I need water. Gosh, so, yeah. are you going to get Frank in there as well? Ah, uh, maybe, maybe. He's he's finding it too hot as well. <laughs> he was walking around today trying to find cold, shady places to to go and uh, roost. Um, bless him. But hey, God, yeah, what a change! Hey, a couple of weeks. What? I know. A few weeks ago, we were talking about developing trench foot or something, and and now and it's... now everyone's walking around with red faces. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I didn't get burned this weekend. I was very good. How about you? Were you? Did you manage? Uh, well, I haven't really been out. I've been kind of like looking out the window, going, "Gosh, it's really hot out there, isn't it?" And like stepping out occasionally. Um, but yeah, from what I've experienced, it's been pretty. <laughs> pretty raucous out there <laughs> yes yeah absolutely and i had um so we're recording this on uh tuesday morning and uh, the, this weekend on uh, i had some great walking tours with people um uh, hello to helen and bean uh and to kathy as well who came on the walking tours who uh, honestly it's so lovely to get back out there but it was absolutely roaring hot absolutely roaring but i had such a great day i had two different walking tours with a whole load of people who've been following me on instagram since uh, you know it all began and oh it was just so lovely to get out and see people and just heaven i'm i'm yeah i'm loving it absolutely loving it and you also met Alan Carr. Yeah, we met, we had a we, yeah we met a celebrity. It was um Helen, uh, lovely Helen, who came on the tour. It's her birthday, and um, we went to the Hamyard Hotel for afternoon tea. And um, Alan Carr was there celebrating his birthday, and she was delighted when he sang Happy Birthday to her when her cake came out, <laughs> which is rather lovely. Um, 
So yeah. <laughs> what an absolute treat. I know. Legendary day. Legendary. So there we go. Yeah. So you're going to get out this week and, and take Carmen for her first heat wave of... Uh, yes. Well, that's the thing that's kind of troubled me to take her out and like be in the heat. Um, but yes, we've been managing to get out a little bit, kind of more after five o'clock. So it's not too hot. Yeah. Um, Come and dump yeah. her in the paddling pool. She'll be grand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Right. Well, on with this week's podcast. Uh, welcome we back, go. everybody, and uh, hello to anybody who's coming and listening for the first time. Um, we chatted about uh, Isabella Lucy Bird last week, didn't we? We did. What an absolute legend of a lady, right? I'm kind. Of, uh, the book arrived yesterday, so I'm going to dig into that this week. Um, I'm so excited to read it. Yeah, yeah, nice. Just the adventures that she had and the places yeah. that she went and the people that she spoke to. Yeah, super interested to hear how you find the book yeah i think it's going to be a really good read i can't wait definitely yeah. and, and this one i was noticing in the front when I, I sort of had a little excited rummage that this one again like the first one that was published is also based upon the letters that she wrote to her sister so oh, i right. suspect it's going to be quite kind of chatty and um and, and you know informal which should be rather lovely so yeah more like a diary kind of a, yeah exactly yeah, diary extract extract yeah. so i shall report back yes please do please do there might be some reading in the hammock this weekend or this week um i think that's gosh you've got it all out there haven't you you've got right. a hammock you've got oh, a paddling pool well i figured i haven't earned any money in, in over a year i might as well just make my little garden a place that i can just stay for the summer that's so um, true and so yeah i've i've, I've got, my, got myself sorted and that's where I'll be if you need me um, yeah. until September. <laughs> That's the thing, because we don't have a garden. We've got a little balcony um, and you can just about fit two people on it. So, yeah, the fact that you can kind of lounge. The just stay indoors. <laughs> I know, exactly, yeah. <laughs> she, we can't bring her out. No. And actually, I did yesterday and it was just so blazing and so hot yeah, and bright that her little scrunched up face was just like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing, mum? Take me back inside. <laughs> oh. Um, so, we had our podcast Picks. Yes, we did. We did. Um, yeah, and I, it, it, I think there was there was some great options in last week's story because uh, some weeks were a bit trickier, aren't they? And you're kind of like, mm. oh, there's nothing massively crux. Some weeks you have to go for something slightly random. But I think with her story, there were a few major points mm -hmm. where things changed for her and just became really, you know, kind of changed the course of her life and were rather exciting. Um, so yeah, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was a big fan of your choice actually last week. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I I think. I mean, it's more have... than Hawaii. It's 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 my it's it's on brand for me. I love it's all the things I love. Well, I, I, just the idea that everybody expected a woman to sit side saddle. Yeah. And suddenly she's like, actually, do you know what? I'm gonna legs akimbo the horse yeah. and. Oh. <laughs> If that's the expression. <laughs> I don't think it is, but I love it. Let's go with it. <laughs> I hope the horse doesn't mind. Um, hashtag, are you into it? Um, <laughs> and gallop around in Hawaii. Hashtag, not all horses. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was a fabulous choice. It was just a really good visual. Yeah. I, mm. I, that's, I think, why I picked it. But, you know, to be fair, the father's money is kind of the key bit. Where he just, I love the thing. He doesn't just go... They want you to take a, an ocean voyage. I'm going to send you there and back. He's like, here's money. Stay as long as it lasts. Yeah, exactly. Go travel. Yeah. Go see the world. Yeah. Whatever you do, just just do it. Do it. And, you know, fall back in. Yeah. And I just, I love that thing of just going, you have problems with your spine. You are 
basically, we're going to send you on a sea voyage and let you travel around America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't have to be with you. You know, me and mum, we're going to have a... We're, we're, we're fine back yeah. at home. You just go and do what you need to do. It's just phenomenal. Good luck yeah. on the back. So how do you reckon we're doing? Uh, well, I, as I say, I'm a big fan of your choice. Um, oh. Not that I picked it, because I'm not silly, but um, <laughs> in terms of the poll... I Are you still you getting know. your boyfriend uh, um, voting for yours? Because I, I, reckon, I reckon... He that. hasn't for a while, actually. Good, which, good. Um, Thanks, Nick. Maybe he's voted for mine. Yes, that's head. true. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I need to have words. Um, yes, yeah, so I think it's gone your way this week. It is 60-40. 60-40? Okay. Yeah. On the nose. Uh, percentage we're talking 60 yes. percent 40 percent uh, and it has indeed gone my way <gasps> well congratulations oh, oh gosh you really are aren't you <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that means i think we're neck and neck I think we're neck and neck again again oh Bloody my goodness in fairness there's only two of us so like, if there's five of us it would be more exciting but like there's two well it's <laughs> true we were discussing as well everyone we don't know how long to keep podcast pedestal going for so yeah just let us know are you digging it are you loving it what are your feelings about podcast pedestal please yeah. let us know yeah do you not care do you care wildly <laughs> <laughs> are you thinking about it all week yeah. <laughs> um yeah let's um, know because we are um we're sort of thinking about um, where we're going to move from here. Yeah. And at some point, we're going to meet up and record in the same room, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. We've been slightly pushed back by uh, by the arrival of Carmen, uh, who bloody hell's ruined everything. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that bloody baby. Honestly. <sighs> selfish of you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, so we're going to, yeah, we're going to record in the same room at some point. But um, yeah, and we're sort of thinking about how to how to do it and as things open up and this kind of thing. So yeah, let us know what you think about podcast pedestal. And um, but for the minute, we're going to carry on with it. Yeah, for a minute, enjoy your win, Alex, because we're yes. currently Woo! 18, 18 all at the moment. So what we might do is we might finish it on a week where I've just gone one ahead. <laughs> I don't think so. I think if we're going to finish it, we're going to finish it. Oh, I mean, it sounds really boring to finish it on a draw. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Mm. Anyway, what are we doing this week? Tell me, so tell this me. this week, um, I am going to tell you all about a wonderful lady called Beatrix Potter. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I think last week you said that you've got a connection to Beatrix Potter. You remember... <laughs> <laughs> you remember... I mean, connection is me. <laughs> it's a bit strong. Um, well, it was always my favourite... Her, her books were my favourite books when I was a kid, in particular Peter Rabbit. Yes. That was the one that I loved. And I did have, in fact, I still do own um, my, you know, sort of the bedtime toy that you have as a kid um, is Peter Rabbit. Well, that's it. I mean, when she was writing her beautiful little tales and drawing all these images, she was very smart in the way that she thought, well, I'm going to produce lots of merchandise as well. So she was a little bit like um, the 19th century version of Kath Kitson, where she just, you know, put the image of Peter Rabbit... Um, uh, Mrs. Tiddywinkle, Jeremy Fisher, all these characters on bedspreads and um, uh, kind of like wallpaper and tea sets, all sorts of things. Aww. So, yeah, I mean, and they're massively still sold today. Yeah, and I don't even know if my um, Peter was an official Peter. Oh, mm. he was just a, a rabbit that looked like Peter Rabbit. I don't know. I don't know because she patented at the time. She was the first person to actually patent um, like a toy. 
um, when she first had this uh, kind of soft toy of Peter Rabbit created. So I don't know. There probably would have been quite a few. um, Yeah, I mean, I don't don't know if my parents just bought me a rabbit and just fobbed me off with the story. And just told you that it was Peter Rabbit. (laughs) He's not wearing a blue coat or holding a carrot. (laughs) Are you lying to me, Mum? He hasn't. He's never had a carrot. He's never had a carrot. Mm. Um, Actually, I don't think hers had a carrot, but he certainly had the, the blue jacket. Oh, now you see, uh, because I was so tiny when I had when I first had him, I don't know if there was ever a blue jacket involved. He certainly uh, doesn't have one now. Oh, well, um, we'll see. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of um, uh, Carmen being born, I've had so many kind of onesies and so many things with the Beatrix Potter prints on. Really? Yeah, oh. it's still hugely popular today. She wrote 23 little tales. And I say little tales because each little tale was small in terms of um, how long they were, but they were also placed in kind of tiny little books yeah they're they're, yeah they're mini aren't they they're really sweet yeah very sweet so uh beatrix potter beatrix was not her first name oh shock horror her first name was helen um helen beatrix potter her mother was also called helen and last week of course the wheel landed in kentington because this is where she was born and she was born in 1866 into a very wealthy family and the fortune came from her grandfather, who was called Edmund. And this was when he owned this um, this huge mill um, up oh. in the north of the country. And was it actually pottery as well? Was it a pot? No, it wouldn't have been if it was a mill. Come on, Alex. <laughs> um, no, I don't think it was pottery. Pottery, which is why they're called the, the potters. getting to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and did the mill weave pottery? <laughs> If you can bring your paddling pool inside and just get in it (laughs) whilst you're doing this podcast, that'd be great. For a little bit, yeah, exactly. Um, Now, her mother, she loved entertaining, so she'd have people around for tea and cake, and there'd be all these kind of like gossip and conversations. Whereas her father, he loved to go out, play sports, go to galleries, go to the theatre, take lots of photos, and he was never without his sketchbook. Oh wow. And when it comes to Beatrix Potter, although her stories were very sweet, very detailed, you got to know these little characters, you know, she listed off what they were wearing and the different fabrics and, you know, if Peter Rabbit is in the um, cabbage patch, you know, talking about the different vegetables it's knocking into. Although her stories were really beautiful to read, I think it was her drawings that really um, kind of spellbound people because they were just so fun and so lifelike even though these animals were wearing clothes and talking um so knowing that her dad would constantly have a sketchbook with him he was obviously quite influential to Beatrix in terms of her drawing ability I love that because it's it's really interesting seeing people that come from artistic families mm. and how that impact what's really funny actually is um it's completely off tangent when i went to suffolk the other week oh, yes. i went to see my aunt who lives up there um and she lives in the house that used to belong to my grandparents and my grandfather was a photographer and my grandmother was an artist and they both did nature and she was telling me these lovely stories that i've never heard of my grandmother who would um you know often come sort of come to the door when the kids were back from home and she'd lost track of time and she sort of had smears of paint all over her face from having done all this and she's she always went around with a little you know notebook and, and sketched as well and I love that idea of it being sort of such a kind of magical thing that inspires the next generation I mean I should say that my aunt and her two siblings none of them are uh, went into the arts at all they went oh. into military and things like that but still <laughs> I love this this idea of being such a sort of you know yeah I guess a a, a, a 
yeah like an innate mm. need to create and that's kind of like with you with your dad isn't it because your dad's an artist and then you're an artist and yeah so he uh he used I remember to be you a draftsman telling me that you used to see and, him paint or draw yeah exactly he used to kind of i used to always see him like draw lots of um precise lines and uh, he worked at the gas board so would like be drawing out all the pipes and stuff i mean it wasn't the most exciting thing um but yeah just seeing him with a ruler and uh, a pen I, I, yeah and that, I think... that's kind of what you do with your art isn't it you do yeah it's very sort of linear and, and... yeah it's true yeah which yeah. is lovely yeah um so from a young age she also used to draw and actually in the vna there is a huge collection of her work mm. they don't always have it on display but if there's an anniversary to Beatrice Potter or an anniversary to one of her books, then they have it out. And there's a sketchbook that they have, which um, she had when she was nine years old. And these pictures you can find online. And they're extraordinary. At the age of nine, like drawing these detailed little rabbits, uh, babbling brooks and bridges. Oh, wow. You see people... Um, kind of walking or running like the way that she is able to draw movement in her pictures at the age of nine and also have this kind of humor about her drawings at that age is um is just fascinating how lovely yeah i'll try and get some pictures up yeah, i don't on think I, I know i've seen the kind of classic ones from the books but i don't know that i've seen her younger drawings because they they had some of them in a little corridor off the miniatures gallery in the vna but i went there recently and they're not there at the minute so obviously mm. they've yeah they're quite delicate as well. They can't be on. Yeah, that's it. They time. can't be um, lit up or kind of, I don't know, taken out of their safety box or wherever they're <laughs> wherever they're kept. Um, she would also illustrate um, from well-known stories like Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Puss in Boots. Um, but most often, she would illustrate animals, animals that she owned, like pets guinea pigs mice rabbits kittens and kind of create a little fantasy world for them Aww. um yeah and with her dad she would visit art galleries she would go to the royal academy in london and what's really nice that uh, apparently her father treated her as an equal because obviously at that point in the late 19th century as a, a female you're not going to be educated like you would be a male yeah um and you know you are treated differently but her father wanted to make sure that she felt exactly the same as everybody else um in terms of the love for animals it kind of started when she was in her home in kensington and she would spend a lot of time with her nanny and her nanny would read her stories and she would always say to Beatrix, now you need to read me a story, but I want you to read it from your mind, from your own imagination. <laughs> so then Beatrix had to, you know, dive into her mind and come up with these stories. And as she had all these kind of pets around her, it was quite easy to kind of, you know, look at her rabbit and be like, oh, well, this rabbit is going to do this today and he's going off on an adventure. And so this is where she kind of really got into storytelling and using her imagination. That's so lovely. Uh, I, yeah. like, I like that idea of, um, you know, there's something about animals that always appeals, isn't it? Mm. Uh, you know, even this can sound really silly, but you know, Sylvanian families. I mean, they were always I oh my god, the canal them. boat, and and they just had like there's so many animals. I think just kids love and well, I wouldn't say kids. I'm a massive animal lover, mm. um, and that it's quite yeah. I don't know. There's something about anthropomorphizing animals which has its you know problems, but also it, it, I don't know. What did you say? Anthropomorph anthropomorphizing, which is where bloody you hell. This is another word, <laughs> Alex. I can't even remember what word you said last week, which had my eyes roll backwards. <laughs> oh, no. What's this word? Anthrop. <laughs> 
Anthropomorphized. Oh my god, I need to start writing these down. Like literally, we're getting what at least one every week now. It's when you kind of attribute human characteristics to an object or an animal or something that's not a human. So the you know the way that you 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 think that a dog is happy or sad or, or misses you know all that kind of stuff or you can oh my god you know I mean? like, when was the last time you used that word i don't know i mean it's not i, I mean the last time i was talking about anthropomorphizing something i suppose <laughs> god i just love that you just whip that out um <laughs> sorry I'll, I'll give you some i'll give you some warning next time <laughs> oh brilliant gosh um so at the age of six, she um, has a brother. So Bertram comes into the world, and Bertram, when great name, a Bertram, more, I know. More people need to be called Bertram, I think. Bert, Bertram, brilliant, yeah. isn't it? Um, and when he was a little bit older, he also had this love for animals, and they would basically have their private zoo because he had a bat. They had a frog who was called Punch. She was basically the real Jeremy Fisher or the inspiration oh, wow. for. Um, they would have mice that would live in the kind of dark recesses in their room and under the bed and they would hold out their hands in particular Beatrix and she would have like you know food on her hand and the mice would come over and eat off her hand and she would um, you know really connect to them and give them names she um, loved worms you know there was nothing about her that you know she wasn't scared of kind of you lost me there (laughs) (laughs) she loved worms she loved worms she would go into the garden and you know just really enjoy all kinds of nature yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. In terms of uh, the bat, she drew a very detailed drawing of this particular bat that belonged to her brother. And when her brother went to boarding school, he left her strict instructions and he said, if the bat does not eat, so if you try to feed it and it won't eat, I want you to kill it yeah. and I want you to stuff it. And she did. Oh my god! Yeah, she did. It's a bit dark. It is. It is a bit dark. But in terms of her drawings, like I don't think you could draw the way that she did without um, killing the animals. No, without the love that she had for animals. But oh, okay. this love that she had, she also had a very scientific eye for animals. She wanted to know um, what they were like inside. And it said, that "Oh, this when... is so goth, guys! This is so goth, guys!" <laughs> you wouldn't expect it of Beatrix, would you? <laughs> uh, but when a pet died, they would boil the pet. So let's say a rabbit dies, and they had lots of rabbits. They would boil it Delicious. down so they could look at their bones, and they would, you know, inspect um, the bones and yeah, just look at it from a scientific point of view. It's <laughs> just bonkers, isn't it? Yes. And she yes. believed. Um, a little bit like uh, Freud that we are all animals and I was actually having this conversation with Nick yesterday because I guess the only thing that differentiates us from animals is that we obviously wear clothes it's Twitter and <laughs> yes exactly the fact that we love Twitter um, <laughs> um, no and the um, ability to tell stories yeah you know I just thought for then. Um, <laughs> so, uh, in terms of the scientific th- side of her, this was quite a big thing actually. And when she went to Scotland in the late eighteen nineties, she met this renowned historian. He was called Charlie Mackintosh. He was a naturalist and he was a huge observer of um, flora and fauna and all things kind of wild. 
Um, and they had a very close relationship and she would draw all sorts of things that he would find. And he was very impressed with the fact that she could draw in a way that you could tell if it was wet, you could tell the texture. Um, you know, she was very, very detailed, really detailed. So they had this kind of collaboration together and he ended up being her mentor. And one thing she loved to draw in particular was mushrooms. Um, so they would often go to the Lake District and she would draw these beautiful little watercolours of mushrooms. And she started to learn about how mushrooms were uh, produced and um, just studied them so much that when she was reading about them, she found that the books that she was reading was incorrect in the way oh. that how mushrooms um, spored and how they kind of grew. So she wrote um, a huge paper all about it went to Kew Gardens, talked to the experts and said, you know, this is what I found out. Oh my yeah. So they said, if you want people to, to, you know, take it seriously, then you need to read it at the Linnaean Society, which oh. is, yeah, which is somewhere you would, you would go if you want the most influential uh, minds to hear it and take it further. Hmm. But because she was a woman, she oh, couldn't woman. read it out. A woman. Um, so it was read out for her and they uh, they kind of said it read, oh my god they, they were willing to listen to it but not from the mouth of a woman not from the mouth of the woman not from oh, the, the woman really. who actually wrote it god forbid um, oh. I mean isn't that we're gonna awful have to, we're going to have to not do any Victorian stuff for a while because it's starting to get me really angry I know <laughs> We do. It is our era, isn't it? We are always <laughs> a in the Victorian. Lately, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, after that, she withdrew it. But, you know, it's crazy to think that if they took it forward and accepted it as it was, then maybe she would never have started to write her beautiful tales and she would have actually have gone down a completely different pathway. Yes. So... Um, Thank God, really. Thank God. She does they... have quite a lot of mushrooms in her pictures, doesn't she? Yeah, do that's pop it. Up quite a lot. Yeah, and things like um, you know, in uh, the tales of Jeremy Fisher, like beautiful lily pads and the way that she mm. draws um, flowers and grass and vegetation. Yeah, very, yeah. very beautiful. You know. Um, now, in again the late eighteen nineties, she headed to Scotland, and at this point, she's twenty six. And she's in the garden of where they're staying and she starts to write a letter and she writes a letter to her friend's son, Noel, who is quite ill. And she says, I don't actually know what I want to write, but I, I think I'll, I'll write you um, uh, a story. So she starts to write the story of her rabbit called Peter, Peter Yay. Piper. Yeah, so this is where Peter, this rabbit who bursts onto the scene and becomes such a famous animal. And this is, of course, before, you know, Mickey and Minnie Mouse and Disney, which is all about these animals kind of having a voice and wearing human clothes. Um, so this is way before that. And she writes this story and the people that she shows and uh, in particular her family, they say, well, why don't you actually take this seriously? And write more tales because it's it's wonderful and, and children would love it so this is what she did and she started with Christmas cards where she got a little bit of money from her drawings of Peter Rabbit mm -hmm. and then she had enough money to be able to publish the tale of Peter Rabbit oh, okay oh that was the first one this is the first one Gosh. yeah and I think I was saying last week how I had a jigsaw puzzle of um 
Peter Rabbit. And to look at the images now, it's so nostalgic. Yeah, um, they are lovely, aren't they? They're very sort of, I don't know, just gentle, aren't they? They are gentle. There's something very innocent, very gentle, very sweet about her work. Um, yeah, I think that's a fantastic word, actually, for her, gentle. Um, so she used her home, own money to publish the book. And this is actually because she tried to get it published by other people, but it was rejected. She actually wrote to six publishing companies. I mean, they all rejected there's it. There's always a story about that, isn't there? With, with yeah. books that end up massive, that they people just don't see the the talent in them. And then they kind of go, nope, nope, nope. And yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's a different time as well. It's a time when... Um, uh, you know, it would take a lot for publishers to invest. And if anything, yeah. a lot of them would say, okay, we're going to take you on, but you have to spend your money to publish it and we'll help you down the line. Yeah. So um, she does it herself, but then eventually a publishing company called Frederick Warren um, take it on. And this was a company that had been going since 1865 for about 30 years at this point, so quite well established. But they said, um, in order for us to publish it for you and, you know, take it further, we want your images to move from black and white, which they were, to mm. colour. Okay. Which is, you know, incredible because when you think about her work, it's the colour, it's the vibrancy, it's the, the clothes that these lovely little animals are wearing. Um, so in the end, she puts watercolour upon her images and in the first year after 1902, 20,000 copies of The Tale of Peter Rabbit are sold. 20,000? Wow! 20,000, yeah, That's instantly. Now, it's so you mentioned popular. about thinking about the colour. I was thinking of her pictures in black and white because I think that the books that I had had the pictures in black and white or possibly black and white with a splash of colour. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to remember now. So I don't know why I might, why my brain went black and white, but yeah. Oh, right. Oh, that's interesting. Interesting, yeah. Anyway. Maybe that's because, did you see the ones in the V&A? Well, that's what I'm wondering now, if, if that's maybe skewed me on that. Because a lot of her original images were black and white, so maybe, maybe, maybe that's yeah. what they had on display. I'm just leafing through a load of them on, uh, on images. But yeah, interesting. Mm. But I'm um, yeah, sort of looking at the coloured ones. Of course, they they are. So yeah, I think mm. I'm going mad again. <laughs> That's right. It's the heat, darling. It's the heat. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Blame it on the heat. Um. So obviously she does very very well. So she starts this kind of forty year partnership with this publishing company, and then after that, you know, she's got the tale of Squirrel Nutkin, the tailor of Gloucester. Um, and she continues to create these little books until after the First World War, which is when she puts a lot of her energy into um, farming, into sheep breeding and land conservation. And um, she owned a lot of land. And actually, to fast forward after she dies, she leaves it all to the National Trust, yeah. um, which ends up being part of um, the huge park in the Lake District, the National Park. You know, it's that much mm. land. Yeah. Um, anyway, I mentioned merchandise. So um, as early as 1903, which is just one year after Peter, the, the Tale of Peter Rabbit was published. Just one year after she painted the doll, the Peter Rabbit doll. And then, as mentioned, you know, you've got wallpaper, you've got um, China tea sets, painting books. Um, and I, she's, had, I had the tea set, I think. Oh, lovely. I think I did. Yeah. Board games. 
and they're still creating things today because yeah. it's just it's as you say it's that gentle gentle image which especially for a child is um is beautiful and it's complete i mean other children of the 80s and 90s will recognize um the complete opposite which is watership down which is a horrifying oh my god yeah. nature and yeah, it's very much that Beatrix Potter stories are the absolute antithesis of that. They are, but there are some that are a little bit kind of like, I don't know, one of my favourite ones was okay. the tale of Samuel Whiskers, which is also known as the roly-poly pudding. Okay. Do you know this one? I, I don't think I do. And this one, um, oh, I just love the images, but it was quite scary. So you've got these uh, these mice and um, they take over this Tom Kitten and they try to put him in a pie. So they um, cover him in butter and dough and they roll him out. And the images of this this cat that's looking like it's being rolled up like a sausage roll and getting ready for um, for them to basically oh. devour him and put him in the oven. Oh my goodness. Um, just at the, the right time, he's able to escape. Um, the image of that, is is quite actually scary reading that as a young child um so there are in some of her books you know those moments of kind of like oh my god it, how in, are they going to get out in of this peter rabbit mr mcgregor traps them all under flower pots doesn't he yeah it's yeah bit, you know, so there are a few you know a few little things which are are quite dark into the abyss type thing, yeah. yeah yeah i take it all back it's absolute hell nature <laughs> is hell <laughs> nature is hell um and of course as i say you know in terms of the characters um mrs tiddy winkle who is a hedgehog she owned a hedgehog so that would have been based on her own pet benjamin bouncer uh, was a real pet rabbit was apparently quite a character he would walk about on his hind legs which he does in the tail <laughs> and would come running for hot buttered toast if he heard the tea bell uh, was ringing um, and also um, take peppermints from Beatrice's father and friends. Like, this is the kind of rabbit that everybody needs at a party. A rabbit who eats buttered toast and peppermints. That's hilarious. Yeah. And also the tale of Pigling Bland is based on a pig that Beatrix uh, looked after. So when she had this big farm, she uh, went to buy a litter of piglets. And there was one kind of like in the corner looking a bit shy. And she said to the farmer, well, why aren't you giving me this one? And he said, oh, this is a very small pig, very weak compared to the other bunch. And I don't think you want it. And she said, no, I'll, I'll take it. And um, she insisted on kind of taking it home and, and looking after it as her own pet indoors. So it wouldn't have it kind of like in the farm with all the Aww. other pigs, but basically looked after it like um, yeah, a house pig, like it was a little, little cat or something. Aww. So this pig became the character of Pigwig um, in Piglin Bland brilliant um in terms of the love life so a couple of things she absolutely fell head over heels with the third son of um the man who owned the publishing company he was called oh. norman warren he was her editor he helped her with the merchandise lived in bedford square and there was a plea to have a blue plaque put on his home but it was oh. rejected um from what I've read, it was because of funds. They didn't have the money to put one up there. And I just thought, God, you know, come on, it's only a blue plaque. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, um, but I guess there are certain things that you have to tick as a, a person and what you've done in your life, perhaps. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Maybe. 
Um, now, they were due to get married and Beatrix's parents didn't think that he was a good match for her. So much so that um, they actually took her to Scotland and said, right, we're going to go away to Scotland and thought, well, if we take her away for a while, she'll forget about him and, and you know, she won't pine for him. Yes, the classic. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Off we go to Scotland. Yep. Um, but her family needn't have worried because while they were there, Norman actually died of leukaemia. Oh, God. Yeah. So oh, it's worse than I could imagine. I thought he was going to, you know, skip off with somebody else. No, no, no. So she was, um, she wrote in her diary how sad she was, but she was glad that she wasn't there because she would have just cried endlessly if she saw him, you know, really ill. But because she didn't know he was ill at all and he didn't really. And he, he just suddenly um, took a turn for the worse really quickly. My goodness. And he is buried somewhere where you actually went not too long ago, I believe. Oh, Suffolk? Highgate Cemetery. Highgate Cemetery. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But then she um, falls for a respected landowner um, who has quite a few farms and he's also into kind of sheep rearing and all that kind of thing. Keep it on brand, Beatrix. Keep it on brand. Exactly, exactly. He's called William Helis or was called William Helis. And they were married in 1913 in a church that I adore in London and it is St Mary Abbott's, which is in Kensington. Oh, yeah. And this is the one with, I think it's got the tallest spire in the west of London. It's um, very close to Kensington Palace. Mm, Yeah. Um, So they got married and they settled into a partnership which basically shaped the rest of her life. You know, it was... It was wonderfully idyllic. They had their lovely home. They had their farm. She had her tails. Um... So this is where they, uh, where she wrote more after this of the tale of Jemima Puddle Duck and Tom Kitten, mm. um, and this is when they're living at Hilltop Farm, which oh, okay. is open to the public, mm. and it is in the Lake District. Great place to live, hey? Oh, I know. I've only been a couple of times. Yeah, me too. Not not very not recently at all. So no, and I've never been to her her home. No, no, I'd love to go. Um, mm. Um, Now, she died in uh, 1943, and this was from pneumonia, and she also had a heart disease as well. Oh, bless her. And her remains uh, were cremated at Carlton Crematorium, which I believe is not too far away from Hilltop Farm. Oh, okay. So she's buried up there, or the uh, ashes are buried up there, are they? Yeah, yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, the National Trust were given um, 4,000 acres in the end of what she owned. a huge amount, yeah. A huge amount. I mean, it just goes to show you the wealth. I mean, obviously she came from a wealthy family anyway, but the amount of money that she made... Um, during her lifetime and she was very down to earth you know she'd never wear anything that looked very expensive she'd always kind of wear her kind of raggedy (laughs) raggedy shoes and you know there'd always be mud on her jacket because she was always in the on the farm and you know it's just brilliant I mean you wouldn't want anything else would you really no no and she also left them herds of cattle and uh, herdwick sheep as well oh, and wow. this was the largest gift at the time to the national trust gosh mm. it's incredible yeah. 
William, her husband, who uh, lived for a little bit um, after she died, just a few years, he um, took on a couple of her properties and a lot of her work in terms of her drawings, in terms of her books. Um, And he knew that when he died, he was to give them as well to the National Trust. Right. So, yeah, they own a huge amount of work. Gosh. Mm. And so National Trust has lots of her drawings and things then I guess do they? Lots of her drawings I mean in the house Hilltop House um, there are lots of things on display apparently there's also um, a beautiful doll's house there which she owned that has all these kind of little touches uh, little drawings like on the walls and things connected to her her stories. I think we're going to have um, to do a Ladies in London road trip aren't we because uh, yes. we want to go down to Ellen Terry's house as well which somebody oh, did yeah. to a few weeks ago and sent me some pictures oh, yeah. uh, I can't remember who it was now apologies um if you sent me pictures, I have the brain of a sieve. Um, but I think we need to have a little, a little, yeah, whistle stop tour of some of these places, don't yeah, we? Yeah, definitely. Mm. And in 2015, there was an unpublished book that was discovered. Um, it's currently in the Victoria and Albert Museum archive. And this book was called The Tale of Kitty in Boots. And oh. to mark the 150th anniversary of Potter's birth, a year later in 2016, um, it was illustrated by Quentin Blake and was published. Oh, yeah. mm. Kitty in Boots. Well, that feels like a bit of a, a rip-off of something else. but It does, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I did mention earlier that she drew, she illustrated Puss in Boots quite exactly, a lot. Exactly, yeah. Kitty so. in Boots. Yes, how did she... Maybe on, that's why she didn't publish it. I wonder where she got that she idea thought, from, yeah. <laughs> exactly. She thought, I can't publish this one. It's too, too, too much <laughs> too, on the nose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there we go. There's also the world of Beatrix Potter in Windermere. Oh, is there? Yeah, there's like a theatre, so you can take your children there, and there's like people dressed up as Peter Rabbit and all the characters. Do they you have, have actual after... animals? Because I'm only interested in the, if there's actual animals. Yeah, can you imagine, actually? Yeah, <laughs> if there was just these rabbits running around with these blue jackets on. Um, yeah, and there's like a place to have afternoon tea. Oh, so, yeah. And so lots. is there a blue plaque to her in London? There is, on her old house in Kensington. Fabulous. And also, there's the movie that came out in 2006. I have to admit, I haven't seen it myself. No, um, I haven't. But movie, is that Renee Zellweger, Miss Potter? Or yeah, something? exactly. Yeah. Renee Zellweger, Ewan McGregor, Emily Watson. And this was um, this kind of shows the focus more um, on her relationship to Norman, who she right. married. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Wow. So there we go, Beatrice Potter. Thank you. Amazing. Oh, it's nice, nice to know more about her. And I actually, I'm... Um, I'm not disappointed. I like this idea of her tooting around in a sort of mud-spattered jacket and communing with nature and all that kind of thing, which is exactly what you want from from uh, Beatrix Potter, I think. Massively, anyway. yeah. Well, it's now on my list of places to go to, up yeah. at Hilltop Farm. Um, brilliant. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Podcast pedestal. Podcast pedestal time. I would put money on knowing what you're going to pick, actually. You think I'm going to go down the goth guide route, don't you? No, I don't. Oh, so you don't think I'm going to go for boiling rabbits, bunny boilers? 
Well, now I do. <laughs> I don't think I am. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I think I know what you're going to go for. Go on. Do you, not, do you want to pick first? Are you sure? Yeah, go on. Um, well, I think it's got to be the letter. Oh, which letter? The the letter written, uh, well, the letter to the ill boy um, oh. of the story of Peter Rabbit. Interesting. That's totally not where I thought you were going to go. Oh, where did you think I was going to go? I thought you were going to go Mushrooms. Oh, I mean, that is a really good one. So you're going to go for the letter. Oh, okay, because I was going to go for the publication of Peter Rabbit. Oh, so that's, that's also a, a really good close. one. There's quite a few Well, this I don't know, week, isn't I, there? If, the, if you do the letter, which is a great option. Well, because that's where it all began. You know, yeah. she, she writes this story. She thinks, oh, do you know what? I just don't... This young boy is sick. What on earth do I write to a sick boy? It's that kind of thing, isn't it? Where it's like, what do you say? You don't want to be too kind of positive in your own world because, you know, all sorts of things. Um, so she thinks, well, I'm just going to write him a story. And yeah. she's got her pet rabbit there and she's thinking... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a story about Peter Rabbit. Interesting. Okay, I think that's a really good choice. Really Thanks. good. I think what I'm gonna go for is not the publication of Peter Rabbit because I think those two sort of cross over a bit. I'm gonna go for. Was it? Did you say it was her aunt who got her to tell stories? Oh no, this head. was her nanny. Her nanny. Her nanny who got her to kind of tell stories that she'd made up. Yes. I'm gonna go for that. Good choice. Thanks. Yeah, because her nanny kind of pushed her to dive into her own imagination yeah, rather than reading stuff that other people have written to to, to get in there and and pull it out yourself and, that's and a good one that's things. a really I, good one i think i'm gonna go for for the nanny encouraging her to um to sort of yeah tell her own stories I think. yeah okay nice yeah. so we've got the nanny ones. and nanny, we've got the letter the letter to the sick boy which i think is brilliant Yay. cool Yay. amazing well that's it for this week for the podcast pedestal so there we go everybody um let us know what you fancy winning <laughs> and before we move on uh anything that you've got in the pipeline <laughs> or are you just calming at the moment I was, yeah which do you know what I'm, I'm loving to be honest Good. like um you know it's it's the biggest project i've ever had looking after carmen <laughs> um so yeah i mean i've got I've got kind of a couple of walking tours in a few months, but at the moment I'm just concentrating on her. Fair enough. Fair enough. But what about you, my love? Well, I'm picking up the slack. (laughs) So (laughs) I am doing walking tours and I have released my next load of dates, which go through until I think the start of September. Um, So we've got this weekend coming up, we have street art and we also have Black Londoners, which is one of my favourite tours at the moment. I'm obsessed. And then the week after I've got, uh, I'm basically mostly got the week off because it's birthday week. And then after that, uh, we've got, I've got some... um, Smithfield's Blood and Guts. We've got the Westminster movie. So it'll be um, London's Silver Screen Secrets or something like that. I can't remember what exciting snappy title I've done. Women of Westminster, Bermondsey, Harlots coming up again. So all of the dates are up there now until I think um, the end of August, start of September, I have um, dates in there. So so please do go on and book. Um, It's so lovely to be meeting everybody. Um, And they're £15. So, you know. It's cheap as chips. And if you're cheap lucky, as chips. If you're lucky, I might even get Alan Card to come and sing you happy birthday. Um, oh, God. You know, no yeah. extra charge. <laughs> um, so there we go. But that's it for me uh, for the moment. So yeah, just loads of... And if anybody wants a private tour, of course, um, still available for private tours. Excellent. Oh, just to, just a little shout out that oh, yeah. I'm still doing my videos on Friday. Yes. So if anybody wants to learn about a new artist or... Um, a piece of artwork or something every Friday about 5.30-ish I put up a little video on my Instagram 
Is that guide Emily or sketch history? Uh, both. Both, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. So take your pick. Amazing. Take your pick. The Wheel of Destiny. Now, talking about taking your pick, it's yes. time to spin, spin the, the wheel. wheel. <laughs> um, <laughs> so your turn next week. Yes, it is. It is. Um, and I've, I've replenished my little list a, a, a bit. So not everywhere's got something, but hopefully it'll it'll land somewhere that, uh, that we've got. And I think I'm probably going to try and do, we've done quite a few people lately. So I think I'm going to go for a thing, a place or an event or something like that. Um, okay. Mix it up a bit. So yeah. Right. Off you go. Off the, we go. I'll kiss my choice. finger for you. Off we go. <laughs> mm. Oh, she's going for it today. And she's landed in Clerkenwell. Oh, Clerkenwell. Oh, my goodness. Have we well, had have Clerkenwell? We done Clerkenwell before? I feel like we have. We have, and I can't think what it would have been. Yeah. Maybe we haven't, actually. Not sure. Mm. Clerkenwell. Okay, I love Clerkenwell. Oh, my goodness. There's so many things there. Um... Had, this is one I haven't got a little list for actually, so I'm just having a think. Um, what? Oh, I tell you what's nearby. With that, yeah, we could do that. Um, the the Postal Museum is very close by there. One of my oh. favourite little London museums. So I think I'm going to tell you about London's secret underground railway. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do a bit of that. Um, okay. Perfect. Yeah. I think that would be. Uh, That'll be fun. And Wonderful. that museum's open again, I think. I will double check. Um, but it should be open now. And yeah, let's have, let's have a little chat about the, the secret uh, tunnel that, until recently, not many people knew was there. Super duper. Yeah. Well, that's it from us for this week. Thank you all for coming. Lovely to have you along with us. And we will see you next week for a bit of underground excitement uh, on <laughs> Ladies in London. Have a great week, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Put the sun cream on if you're yes. in England, for goodness Slip, slap, sake. Slop. Absolutely. Slip, slap, slop. Um, and yeah, see you next week, guys. Well, I say see you. <laughs> we know yeah, how well, it works, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Well, see not you see you next week. But... Well, not see you, but you know. <laughs> uh, peace out, love. <laughs>